Our coverage of Cowboys training camp starts tomorrow. I'll be out uh, in uh, Los Angeles, actually in Oxnard for camp. And at first practice, we'll be there for Wednesday. I think we have lined up Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator. We'll get to him uh, pretty early on. So that'll be, uh, that will be fun. Now, standing by, though, this may be... Must be a Cardinals fan, Arizona Cardinals fan. She may be pleased that they signed Kyler Murray uh, because she's from that part of the world. Darby Brown, sports director at KWTX. And uh, Darby, it's good to have you today. Now, on your Twitter handle, you do describe yourself as a storyteller. And I got to say, I'm, I'm liking the this feature. And the first I saw about it was uh, July 15th. And... Um, and what you're doing is going around to these uh, uh, different stadiums in Central Texas, and sometimes people maybe don't know the whole history by who the who these stadiums are named after. And you're digging in the archives and doing all. I mean, now Darby, I mean, you've got a lot on your plate. Um, are you down there like at the library? Where are you? You can't Google some of this stuff. I mean, you've you've really uh, this this is uh, this is like a one of your old college research projects. I feel like a real journalist. I, I do. Um, it, it's, it's definitely it's calling a lot of people because, like you said, I think that is the intriguing part is, you know, you Google these names and little to nothing comes up. And so I think years go on and people don't really know much about these names that are all over Central Texas. So it, it's been a lot of a lot of phone calls and then just trying to talk to people that have connections and you know know things and um, you know it helps with the Texas Sports Hall of Fame is down the road because that that helped with the recent story but yeah it's it's definitely been a lot of digging so it's been it's been fun I'm a history nerd and I always have been so I feel like it's I am getting history lessons you know through doing these so it's been really fun did your eyebrows start to raise when you started looking into Paul Tyson in uh, I mean 27 years Obviously, one of your points was that there are a couple of fields that are going to be named after Paul Tyson. One of them, sadly, is about to come down, but uh, but there'll still be a Paul Tyson field. But Waco High, um, 27 seasons he was there. And, of course, you're right. You hear these names. I used to go to Paul Tyson. I'd cover track meets. I mean, I've been to the old one that was built in, I think you said, 1961. I've been to that one many, many times over the years. Uh, so much history, but you sort of, you're right. Over the years, it's like, well, I'm sure Paul Tyson was pretty famous, but I don't know exactly who he was. Not only was he famous, I mean, this is one of the most recognizable uh, high school coaches in the country uh, at one point. And I, I thought that one tidbit that um, maybe Jay Black shared with you, the, the part about Newt Rockney, uh, who was at Notre Dame, and them having a relationship, and there was even one thought before Nuke Rockney tragically died in a plane accident, uh, a plane crash, that that he had thought about bringing Paul Tyson onto his staff. Were you yeah. um, were you blown away as I was by some of the uh, some of the tidbits you started finding out about Paul Tyson? Oh, for sure. I mean, I was thinking this was Waco, Texas in what year and how did this person even, you know, get in touch with the coach of Notre Dame, let alone establish such a close, you know, relation, working relationship that they thought about bringing him on staff. And obviously that was part that they, they said they don't 
nobody can really get that uh, proven, but not disproven either. So uh, it could be true. But there definitely there was a there's a letter sitting in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame that um, was written to him by Newt Rockney, and so clearly they had you know gotten to know each other, and he'd gone to clinics. And I think I took this part out because the story was pretty long. If you've noticed, I had to try to. I had, to, I had to get it on the air, but uh, and it could have gone even longer. But um, he, he said that he uh, Jay Black from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame said that Paul Tyson had gone to like 35 coaching clinics one summer or something crazy like that. And you're thinking in the in the in the 20s, how do you even get a, get around that? But, you know, it's, it was pretty crazy. He clearly was you know, pretty football genius guy and was just constantly trying to learn more. So it was it was very cool to hear about it, for sure. Channel 10's Darby Brown joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. She's been doing this feature on some of the our local stadiums in Central Texas. Did one on Belton. That's I got to dig back in on that. I want you to go down to, um, I wonder who, I gotta, I gotta re- try to remember what, which one is the Salado because that's of course my one of my adopted teams. Um, the the Paul Tyson had the as you talked about it the spinner formation, and that was where the quarterback I guess would kind of go spin around and okay walk us through that particular formation because again Paul Tyson was coming up with things well before uh, some of these things were popular. I mean, all of these things had roots, right? Even in the air raid, right. how Mummy gets a lot of credit for that. And again, that he, he deserves a lot of credit. But people like Paul Tyson were doing amazing things in offensive football all those, golly, maybe been almost 100 years ago. Uh, what was the right. spinner, what was the spinner yeah. formation? Well, my understanding was that, and obviously they couldn't find tape on it, but my understanding is it just was creating a lot of misdirection in the backfield. So, you know, you, you, you would think that one guy had the ball and then you'd look the other way and the ball was already down the field. Um, and so it was just creating like this misdirection that nobody could figure out and it resulted in a lot of points. I think, I think Jay Black told me that they had scored over 100 points um, like six times or something, or I don't know what it was exactly, but in the, and in the 20s, that just was not, you know, well, even now, I mean, heck, that's crazy. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think that it was just a way to kind of create confusion with the running backs and then just send guys um, down the field before the other team even knew what was happening. So that was the, the spinner situation and clearly it, it worked. And, and yeah, they, they, you know, they, um, People think he gets the credit for creating that. Like, you know, you hear about that all the time now, misdirection, and even Baylor talks about that a lot too. But I, I think that that is um, something that he had figured out and nobody really knew how to stop it at that point. So, His record was unbelievable. Some of those artifacts, of course, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, you were talking to Jay Black about that, Paul Tyson Field, and as you showed that newer facility where Waco will uh, prepare for games and that kind of thing. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's just kind of fascinating to uh, watch all that. And then one of the people that you tracked down was the son of somebody that played for Paul Tyson, and um, yeah. I, I found that to be really fascinating to to hear from him. And and there were a lot of testimonials over the years for people that had their lives impacted. And and Paul Tyson was just uh, we think now I think a GA Moore. I think of some of the the great legends. I, the one of the guys you talked to, he's a legend, uh, Johnny Tusa. I mean, oh, I yeah, love that I guy. 
Uh, yeah, and he's, he's an great. incredible guy to talk about these things. But Paul Tyson, I, I, I love the fact that Coach Tusa and others, there's still a reverence in their voice when they talk about him. And they're too, uh, they're, most of these people are too young to have ever, you know, met or talked to Paul Tyson. Right. One part I didn't put in there with Coach Tuso was I thought was interesting. Is of course he grew up here in Waco, and so he told me that he, um, you know, knew knew like growing up the neighbors would all talk about him. Like his his you know um, neighbors down the street they had they had played for him or things like that. So even so when he was growing up he heard from he didn't know him but he heard from people that knew him and, and it was kind of like a larger than life type of guy around. You know, just the the legend was was around from when Coach Tusa was a kid. And so then, you know, for him to grow up and then be coaching at Waco High, I think he did always kind of think about it. But even he said, you know, players wouldn't really ask, like, oh, who's Co- who is Paul Tyson? And um, and so I don't know how much they talked about him. But, you know, I do think he's one. He's a name that I, I think most people know he coached around here. At least they know that. Yeah. But it was interesting to see what else they could find. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, your um, uh, you know your research process again more than Google. You got to dig in there. You got to call around. I mean, you could have found an easier thing to do this summer, but I'm glad you picked this. Now, one thing you said is, hey, the, the uh, phone lines are open, or you can email us yeah. and give us suggestions. What are people? Are there any real popular th- names that have come in, or people kind of uh, uh, exciting? I think your next feature you mentioned was going to be Academy, uh, yeah. that, that stadium. Uh, I guess that was John Glover. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is that the uh, next bit of research you're doing? Yes, and I already did the interviews for that one because that one was a request. Um, it was emailed to me, and those interviews were fantastic, too. I mean, that was uh, because I was able to talk to John Glover's son, who I think he lives in Georgetown now, but they met me over there at Academy. And so he talked about what it was like to grow up um, basically, they, they lived on school grounds when he was the head football coach, which I'd never heard of that. I'm assuming that was more common than I uh, maybe knew. But anyways, the family like lived in academy and, you know, this little boy grew up with it and the academy didn't have a weight room. The the dad, he coach Glover built weights, built cement weights. And it was, you know, cra- kind of crazy stuff. So I'm excited about that one. That one's next week. But um, other people have asked about, I think Chilton Field, Featherston Field. So I actually just tried to call someone about that today. Um, you know, there's, there's been a few emails, but definitely if anyone's listening right now and they, they're curious, like, hey, I've always wondered the story about this person. That's exactly what I'm doing. So uh, that's yeah. the point of the whole series. Yeah. Well, I was uh, coming home from a European vacation, and I happened to click on there, and I got real interested in that Paul Tyson thing. And I said, hey, when I land, when I get back to the States, I'm going to need to touch base with Darby and uh and of course today it hit me I'm like oh gosh I want to I want to track down Darby so I appreciate you uh, jumping on and by the way I saw Chris was out there Chris Williams our good friend and your uh uh-huh. your colleague was out covering the Midway girls uh, it appears they beat Colorado 16 to 1 yeah two more wins and and World Series bound I mean this is pretty exciting stuff in fact one of the fans I don't know if this was the coach's head they have up. They had one of It those, is the those... coach's head. I interviewed <laughs> the coach before the game, and he was so shy. He did not want to do an interview, and I was like, man, I wonder what he thought about that uh, giant head of his. But uh, the fat head <laughs> is what they call those. But, uh, yeah, that, that was – yeah, Chris was out there on Sunday, and then they play again tomorrow. 
Um, and then if they win, they play Wednesday in the finals. So they're getting close. Of course, Robinson girls went last year. So all of these girls saw the Robinson girls do it. So, um, you know, they're, they're excited about it. They, I went out to talk to them. They're really excited. And they did a great job in that first game. I mean, we'll see what happens. So. Well, I, I tell you, what age, what age range is this? That is the the true little league one that will be on the World Series. I think that they I might be wrong about this, but I think they're twelve U. Okay. Ten U. Yeah. yeah t- I think they're I think they're twelve U. Um, yeah. They're either ten U or twelve U. I think it's twelve. So. Yeah. I'm looking through there. I mean, there's some, already some some folks that appear to have some power and uh, formidable at the plate. This is very exciting. Uh, Waco area has always been known for great little league baseball, softball, the whole shebang. And so this is uh, carrying on in a long line of talented folks. And boy, Darby, you know they they start um, they start these girls early, like working on pitching, <laughs> softball, and it's kind of in the DNA of. Uh, of Central Texas. Now, Darby, did you have a, any softball, baseball-type background, or did you play something else? I, you know, my main thing was dance in high school, so I, I fell into dance. But I grew up playing basketball. Both of my parents played college basketball, so that was sort of the biggest thing in our house. And I played it through middle school, and then when I got to high school, I just dance kind of took over my life. So, But softball, I played all of, I think, maybe two seasons uh, just because my parents were like, you got to learn how to throw and hit and do all things. And it was, uh, you know, I was not on the Little League World Series team, we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did play. <laughs> now, being from, uh, talking, talking to Darby Brown, uh, Channel 10 News, you can watch her there, sports director over there. Being from the uh, Arizona uh, are you a Cardinals fan? Remind me. Do you do you do you uh, have you rooted for that team growing up? I have. Yep, I sure have. And so, and so were you on board with this Kyler Murray forty six point one million dollars a year? I guess they didn't have much choice. Are you a uh, are you a Kyler Murray fan? You know, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad I, I'm I'm glad they're keeping him because, like you said, I don't really know what choice they had. I don't know. I, I think that. What he was asking for, and honestly, what he got, I don't know if he really deserved it. When you look at all the analytics of everything else, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still, I'm still like he's got to prove some things. But I'm, I'm not a hater. I am a fan. I just, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm glad that they made it work with him, and I'm glad that it's all, all the drama is done. And his, his old Instagram photos of the Cardinals, he brought those back out of the archives. So that's always <laughs> a good sign. So things are looking up. Yeah, I always think of him when I see like smallish quarterbacks or smallish players in high school and you're like, ah, I think that guy, I don't think that guy will ever be able to do it. And I'm not saying a lot of people can at that size, whatever he is, 5'10 or 5'11, but mm-hmm. it does happen from time to time. And I think he is, uh, he's unbelievable to watch. Uh, and yeah, uh, he he's going to be, he's an extremely, extremely wealthy man. I think he'll be there longer than his head coach. All right. I think nothing against Cliff, mm-hmm. but I just don't feel like Cliff is going to be there too much longer, especially with these late season uh, swoons uh, as uh, has been happening. Darby, yeah. thanks for doing this. Look forward to uh, when can we watch this, by the way, the, the Academy one. What uh, what night are you yep. going to air that? So I'm airing all these on Friday night. So leading up to I'll have a few more up until high school football season starts. So they'll be on Friday night at six and 10 but they'll debut at six on friday so 
Okay. I reserve the right to just play that package on the air, okay? Those <laughs> if you if you'll give me permission. I like Yeah, go for it. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Good I gotta go. Of content as well. So Yes, like yes. Good for you. Here. Good for you. Although don't let Chris slip on any of this. I would send him out there, make sure he's doing this. It wor- this time of year it worries me that Chris and, and Lively are out there on the course too much. So do not do not fail to give him plenty of homework, okay? All right. Well, I'm just glad he made it back from Spain. He was he had an adventure this summer. He could tell you about that. So. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah I hope he didn't run with the bulls or anything like that. Oh boy, uh, he did. He sure did. <laughs> oh gosh. I'll probably I'll probably see the video soon. All right, Darby. Good to visit with you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. You bye. bet. There's Darby Brown. There she goes. Channel 10's own, uh, the sports director out there, and uh, she and Chris do a. Do a great job. I love these features that she's doing on our local uh, stadiums. She did one on Belton's Wilson Kersey Field. Uh, and uh, that's a neat one, too, as well. So you can find out a lot. Again, she's going to run those every Friday night. All right. We do have 